0: listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Hello with JP, Giselle and Kyrie. We're here until midnight. Then it's sports Center all night on 98.7 ESPN. So, ladies and gentlemen, tonight for me, and I know live sports has been back now about a week with baseball. But tonight for me was really the sign that Sports was back in business a little bit. I'll tell you what I mean. So I'm watching Mets, Red Sox. I was happy for a moment. I'm watching, going back and forth with Mets, Red Sox, and Yankees, Orioles. And then, oh, by the way, I had to peek in a couple of times to see what's going on with Rangers Islanders. So tonight, my... my TV remote was in mid-season form. A little sluggish early. You know, three different ch- little, little sluggish. A little sluggish. Not ready to go the three separate TV look yet. Not ready to do that yet. Well, you got, you know, Mets on one TV, Yankees on one TV, Rangers on another TV. Not ready for that yet. Not ready for that yet. But it's going to be close to that this weekend, right? Because you've got the NBA back because the, the Nets start on Friday, Rangers and Hurricanes Saturday, and baseball as well this weekend. So you, you will get that, almost that regular season, like things are normal type feel, sports-wise, kind of. And when I say kind of, I mean it'll be that you have different sports to look at. There's nothing regular about these, these seasons. Nothing at all. And if you happen to see Dodgers-Houston last night, you understand why. A lot of discussion about Joe Kelly. A lot of discussion about his role in the bench-clearing incident at Minute Maid Park last night. For me, it's very simple. And I've told you this year after year after year. It is long time for baseball to stop this normal thing Whereas if I give up a home run and you celebrate, you flip the bat, I'm going to throw inside. I'm going to hit a batter that needs to stop long time ago. That that's old school. That needs to go. I know this old thing about the baseball purists. Well, we need to police our sport. The guys need to police the sport on the field. (laughs) Right. Okay. No, because I submit to you the age of the great Bob Gibson and Juan Marichal and Don Drysdale and all those great pitchers of the 60s and 70s that threw inside, that hit you because you dug in or whatever, those pitchers had the talent to do that and not kill you. (laughs) Today's pitchers, listen, I wouldn't trust them. There's only a handful that I would trust. And everybody knows in this unwritten rule of gamesmanship that we call baseball, Everybody knows that you don't throw over somebody's head or you don't throw in back of somebody's head because the initial reaction is for you to move back. And what happens? You're going to get hit in the head by 70, 75, 80, 95-mile-an-hour fastball. So if Joe Kelly wanted to send a message, and listen, he's not the first, he might be the last because an eight-game suspension in 60 games, as everybody has mentioned, is the equivalent of 22 in a 162-game season, and with 80 games, and he's going to appeal, with 80 games, it's, it's hard for you to lose one of your bullpen guys for eight games. It just is. So I understand Major League Baseball wanting to send a message, we're not tolerating this nonsense over the Houston Astros. We don't care. Don't put it into your own hands. And I understand, and listen, I appreciate what fellow Major Leaguers are coming to his aid. To say, hey, guess what? You know, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to him? Eight games is too much. We can debate the length of suspension. Okay, we can debate that. But it's simply time for this part of retribution in Major League Baseball to stop, period. Before somebody gets seriously hurt. And ruins their career or worse. So all this stuff about bat flips and you that all that retribution stuff needs to go. You don't like how a person responds, get them out. <laughs> and point to the scoreboard. It's the best way to do it. Get them out. Now, do I understand do I sympathize with Some of the players who feel that their colleagues got off scot-free from acknowledging cheating and have shown little or no remorse about it, I sympathize with you. I do. I understand. Especially players on teams that were directly affected. Players on teams that faced the Astros that they beat and went on to win the World Series. I got it. Did Major League Baseball do not do a good job with it? No, they didn't. We understand that. But throwing at batters is not going to get the World Series back. It's not going to do it. That's one side of it. The other side, as I mentioned, this throwing at batters needs to stop. Cut it out. Larry, you got a police. Okay, you want a police. You want to throw at somebody, thought their feet. Inside and low. Throw there, since you feel you have to police the game. Then do that. But throwing in somebody's head, throwing in back of somebody is ridiculous. That's not the way to do it. It's not the way to handle it. It isn't. And it's time that we evolve from that part of the game of baseball. It's time. Why do you think that so many people use, well, there's no personality in baseball. There's no, I want to, I love the bad flip. I love the celebrations. I want to see more of that. You kidding me? (laughs) And to have somebody go up and in on on your teammate and then your teammate looking at you like, what are you doing? You trying to get me killed up in here? No, it's got to stop. It definitely has to. 1-800-919-3776 one 800 919 3776 Of course, we'll keep you updated on what's going on with both our local baseball teams. Uh, the Yankees have picked up in Baltimore like they think it's last year. Home runs, home runs, home runs. They're leading 7-3 over the Orioles as the O's bat in the bottom of the eighth. Meanwhile, at City Field, the Mets were just the Mets and Red Sox were I, I it's got it's it's the Grom. I'm telling you, I don't get it. I don't get it. What did the Mets score, like 15 runs, two nights? Here comes DeGrom, the three. <laughs> They're trailing 6-3 uh, as they are about to come up in the bottom of the eighth. Now, Ritz Coutinho will join us from Citi Field following his postgame duties tonight. So uh, he'll come in and uh, give us an update on what's going on with the team and his thoughts over the the uh, Mets games over the first couple of days that we've seen with the Red Sox. I'll update you. David Peterson, as we mentioned, was outstanding last night. And uh, listen, uh, Jimenez was good tonight with a big hit. You know, I thought he was going to help, uh, you know, help get the Grom that win. But unfortunately, Seth Lugo came in and uh, gave up the home run. And so they were tied. And then the Red Sox have opened the door a little bit with the three runs in the top of the eight. So it is now 6-3 Red Sox over the Mets. We'll get your calls as many as we can. We'll talk to you about a lot of things. We'll talk to you also about Nick Solder and the decision that he had to make to opt out and how more and more players more and more athletes are making this decision based on in my opinion what you're seeing with the marlins that's got a big influence i'm just saying
0: you are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Spike's in Jersey. Spike, you're batting lead off on ESPN New York Tonight.
2: Good evening, my friend. I figured out a way to stay up one or two nights a week to talk to you. I appreciate and, that, Spike. Uh, Always good to hear you. Well, let me get the next thing. You've got to bring that up right at the end of your monologue. <laughs> That's a bad time. What was he, about a half a foot on the court?
3: Oh,
1: uh, not even. Yeah,
2: Yeah. well, then they, listen, the court's so small there. It's a, you can't stop emotions, the thing Kelly did. True. Yeah, you, know, you just can't. The whole situation, I'm watching the kind of pitching tonight. You figured the Grom and uh, Cole... Cold, uh, they're going to get hit because they throw strikes. And the mm-hmm. uh, Grom, the Mets are psyched. They're totally psyched. He gets on the mound. They stop swinging the bats. It's, it's not, I'm not even guessing anymore. I've seen this, what, over 60? His last 60 starts, he was yeah. 28 and 32, the team. Could mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. been 50 and 10. So. Yeah. It, it, really, easily. he could have been 50 and 10. He's what they are. The Mets, uh, in, in the three or four games I've watched, uh, they have a lot of hitting, and their defense stinks. It is so porous. It, it, it's it's, this thing is starting to be pervasive in New York. But the Knicks, no defense. It's terrible. They have four guys playing out of position, but they can uh, rake, and uh, they're yeah. going to have to win games 10-9. That's what it comes down to. As far as the Yankees go, they're just loaded. They go to Baltimore a band box, oh. and the kid pitched good for Baltimore after the first couple of innings. Threw yeah. a lot of pitches. Cole looks fine. You know, yeah. he, you know, you relax a little bit. Threw a hundred pitches, didn't he?
1: Yeah, he threw. Um, I'll tell you in a second. I think so 102. He threw hundred and two. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, sixty nine he, he, he's, he's a beast. The two of them are beasts. But the yeah. man, the going to always have a tough time. But I have mm-hmm. one quick comment and 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 say hello to my nephew. I'll be in touch with him. The guys mm-hmm. are doing Yeoman's work every night. Very appreciative. The thing, you and I, I've been over this with you, but this new listen is coming in and out. Uh, Football and and baseball, baseball won't finish. It's just not going to finish. I talked to Alan today, right at the end of his show, and he said, well, it's a good thing the Phillies haven't uh, shown a positive. Well, how are they going to show a positive after three days? Two days. It takes a week. Yeah, That's the way it works in your system. Uh, and uh, I heard uh, Steve Mills' brother again, and I got mm-hmm. those same photos uh, from, I guess we know some people together. And I know that book that's coming out about Roosevelt and that mile and Ollie Mills, and mm-hmm. yeah, I can't wait to read that. But um, I, it's it's just football can never, they, I don't know if they can even start with all these guys bailing out. If this disease, I see almost 1,200 people died today. Yeah. 1,200 people, Larry. I know. And the kids, I see the kids, you know, we're trying to sell a house. I see kids I come around the neighborhood. Now. I see kids Their bikes are together. Some have a mask. Most don't. You see the adults all have masks. I don't know what it's going to take to fix this thing. But I'll leave you with this. We got a new coach with the Knicks. Yes. I thought it was going to be someone else at the end, and I did hear Mike Woodson's coming back, which is very good for me. But I love that guy. And uh, if he comes back and they keep uh, Miller from last year, now, now the brain trust there, Wesley, Willard, West and, and uh, Leon, they got to go get some players, got to get some guys who make outside shots. And he's yes. going to bring in a couple of tough guys. You know, what's the kid on Houston, the, uh, the the small forward who bangs and hits the corner three? I forget his name. A tough guy like that. So we'll see what happens. But anyway, enjoy. You're on tomorrow, tomorrow. again and not no. Friday, right?
1: No, not tomorrow. We've got NBA tomorrow night.
2: Oh, you're preempted. So you're yes, not we got you're NBA that tomorrow night. We'll huh? see you on Friday. Uh, so your schedule's going to change where it's just going to be a couple of days a
1: week? Uh, possibly, but we'll see.
2: Yeah, i be able to give you a weekend here. Everybody
1: good at home? Yes, thank you. Everybody is good here. Thanks.
2: Wear your mask. I'll talk to you I'm later on. I'm doing my
1: best. All right, thanks, Spike. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Mo's in Queens. Hey, Mo, you're next on ninety eight seven.
4: What's up, Uncle Larry? How you doing?
1: I'm doing good, Mo. What's happening, partner?
4: I'm chilling, man. Uh, I just feel like Joe Kelly didn't do really nothing wrong. Uh, he threw, he do a pitch behind him that was a little far, you know, just a little warning. And then he, the, the eight game suspension is just all overboard, man. I don't know what you're thinking about. But that's just over. But I feel like if you get one, he didn't even hit a batter. So, you know, that Try I think, like, that trash talking, you know, the game of baseball needs that. So, like, that was great to see in my view. I don't know how you see it.
1: Well, I'm just concerned, Mo. With the, I'm down on the whole thing about pitchers throwing at batters. I'm just down on that period. I, I just I, – I'm past that. That's just I mean, we've me.
4: seen we, – uh, sorry to cut you off, but we've seen especially – these eight games we have seen, we have seen a lot of bat flips in. We ain't seen yeah, no
3: people, exactly. nobody get
4: ahead, so I feel like that that has been down a lot. We've been seeing a lot of back, crazy fast flips too, man.
1: Yep, yep. So I'm I'm done with it. So I, I hope that that continues. But look, in this case, I, I I understand the suspension. I understand why they did it because they're trying to make sure that everybody doesn't throw at the Houston Astros. That's,
4: that's what it is. The Astros back, like, they're not getting, no, they're not getting penalized now because pretty much they cheated and now they don't get the championship taken away, which mm-hmm. I'm like, that's whatever, pretty much. Like, I don't even feel like. But they didn't even get no play suspension. The target is the managers, you know. The, the players got nothing no nothing to them. So I feel like that's BS on that, on that end. So, like, now they're going to give Joe Kelly eight games. That's overboard. And now you got – ain't nobody going to throw at Houston now. I don't think nobody going to no. go throw at Houston now.
1: No, you can't afford to be out that long. And listen, if it was eight games for Kelly, and thanks for the phone call, Mo, talk to you, talk to you soon. If it was eight K if it was eight games for Kelly now, it's obviously going to be more the next time somebody does it. Eight games for Kelly. The manager Dave Roberts suspended for a game. Like he told him to throw at him. <laughs> Which I know that's the standard rule. The manager goes to. I get it. And then Dusty Baker got fined an undisclosed amount of money. Why did he get fined? He for saying what? He he defended his players. That's what he's going to do. That's why he's there. It's just it's 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 just this could have been avoided had they been penalized correctly. Now I get that you needed players help to find out exactly what happened. So there were there were going to be situations where Okay, you couldn't penalize players that told you what was going on. So that's why it was hard for you to penalize players. But there had to be something that could have been done other than draft choices. Because now you've got a scenario where, you know, the Astros could have been and they were targeted before in exhibition the first time around before there was the immediate stoppage and we're not doing anything. So they were doing that before. So you know they were going to do it and I still think there's going to be folks who are going to give it a shot again. Now, it's not going to be as obvious as it was with Kelly. I mean, come on. He threw, over his, he threw over Korea's head. You can't do that. You can't throw behind a guy's head. He's going to move back. That's the natural instinct. He's going to get hit in the head. That's not what you want. And then I hear, you know, the baseball guys, well, you know, if you want to hit somebody, hit them in the back or hit them in the. Why? Hit them in the back. <laughs> With a 97 mile-hour fastball, I'm going to hit them in the back? What am I going to do? Crack a rib? And you want to back up. Once again, I understand the game. Okay, I understand that for you to be successful, you have to be able to pitch inside, so you're going to have to be able to back batters off the plate. Otherwise, they're just going to sit there and pull the ball. I got that. I understand that. But that's not throwing at his head to get it done. That's not throwing behind his head to get it done. That's throwing inside and low, low and inside. Chest high inside. Back him off the plate. That's your job. That's what you have to do. I mean, pitchers have told me for years you show me a guy that can't throw inside, I'll show you a guy that can't feed his family as a pitcher. And he's right. You have to be able to do that to survive this game. But Joe Kelly was not trying to survive the game. All right, Joe Kelly was on that Red Sox team that Houston beat and went on to the World Series. So I understand what his mindset was.
0: And that's why he got suspended. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Split night for the local baseball teams. Yankees win 9-3 in Baltimore and the Mets lose to Boston at City Field by the score of 6-5. Rich Coutinho will join us at the bottom of the hour. Right now, let's talk to Trey in Brooklyn, Texas. He joins us next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Trey.
5: What's going on, Larry?
1: Trey, very concerned about you, my friend. I was seeing uh, that there were over 9,000 cases of the coronavirus in the state of Texas. So I was thinking about you this evening.
5: Oh, I appreciate you even thinking about me, man. But I'm good. The family is good. We're doing those necessary precautions. Ain't playing no games, Larry. We got Louis, we got Louis Vuitton mask, Tribe Call Quest mask, Wu-Tang mass, but we going to be safe mass So... We we gonna stay masked up, gloved up, prayed up, clean, and try to you know avoid this much as much as we can, Larry. I mean it's it's crazy, uh, it's crazy to see. You know, I, I watch the network all day, right? Fascinated mm-hmm. by the network and what you guys do,
2: mm-hmm. and I'm
5: hearing how professional football players are not, you know, they, they're not touching each other this week. They're just testing and doing the necessary things and going through yeah. protocols and things of that nature, yeah. and. I'm looking at minors, children out here with no mask on, fully padded up. They're already hitting out here, Larry. I'm not mm-hmm. lying to you. They're already hitting. Yeah. You know, I understand this is Texas, and they do this is what they do down here, and the varsity blues and the Friday night lights crap. Man, get over yourselves with the, all of this. What we have to do to be American, and all this that, and the third, we gotta live.
1: That's right.
5: Or at least, I, at least we, at least damn well better try. No question about it. And if, and if not for you, for the person that's standing next to you, man, for my father, for you, for Uncle Spike, for Richard in Manhattan, for people, anybody, anybody else, think about other people than yourself all the time, because that's what this is. These are selfish acts that are going on, Larry, and it's and it's sad, and it's sad yes. that we have to waste two to three minutes every night to do this and kind of chastise people when we can be talking about live sports, Larry. So let's go to work real quick so we can do that because this all is All right. Depressing.
1: Let's do it. It sure is. We want to acknowledge Nassau University Medical Center out here in Long Island and Nassau County for the great work that the staff there is doing, the doctors, the nurses, everybody that's involved with patient care. That's who we want to shout out tonight. And they continue to they've done great work on the coronavirus trying to keep it low. Keep it down. And right. they've, they've had some right. challenges because, you know, with the recent parties, there's been a little rise in there. So they're trying to stabilize that and make sure it goes back on that downward trend that's been so successful for us as we watch the rest of the country go up. So hats All off right. to the folks at the Nassau University Medical Center.
5: And I second that as always. I, yeah. I was I, I'm always happy to hear when – we're 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 getting that curve down. And it's like, like I said, that's what you guys are doing up there. So hopefully that'll trickle down this way and then get into the minds of some of these people down this way too down south. So Absolutely. All right. Well well tonight we're gonna go head up to, to your part of the woods, Larry. We're going to the BX.
3: Oh we'll okay. go, yeah, go, hey. go to the
5: BX. we're gonna go to the BX. We'll go to the Bronze Care Health System. And they right over there on the Grand Concourse, Larry, which I know you know well. I do. <laughs> Went we to high school that, a
1: couple man. of blocks away from there, Alfred Emanuel yeah. Smith High School. Yeah, I know it okay.
5: My man. <laughs> so, we wanted to shout everybody out up there tonight, Bronx Care Health System. Let them know we're thinking about them, all the hard work, sacrifice daily, missing your families and missing out on time with your loved ones and things of that nature, man, just to make sure that we're safe. So, thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. And I know I, I know Larry Hardesty echoes that as well.
1: Absolutely. I definitely do. I definitely I
5: do. It. All right, so on to my man Joe Kelly real quick, man. Hey, all is forgiven for the little Tyler Austin thing, man. That's water under the bridge, baby. We ain't even tripping on you. I do not like nobody throwing at nobody's head. That's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? You know, drill them into you-know-what. You know what I'm saying? The softest part of that, the gluteus. You know, we could go there. You know, something like that, man. But, you know, I'm old school, Larry. We play stickball in the street. You hit me with anything, I'm coming to you. Yeah. (laughs) I'm gonna come see you. You know what I'm saying? So you know, but yeah, different strokes for different folks, man. Joe Kelly seems to want all the smoke. Yeah. So he looks like he's ready for any repercussion that's going to come, whether that's physical or whether that's for Major League Baseball. I don't think that was really smart to put out that tweet that you know I see you when I get back. It ain't like he's doing a stint in Rikers. He sound like he got locked up over there at the tombs or something. Yeah, <laughs> <really>. <laughs> he, he he good. He good. You just got a little suspension, but it is you know and relative to the season, it's a lot of games, Larry. It is. Relative to the season, yeah, you know, I mean, no that, that's not a yeah, that's not a good look. Um. Uncle Spike seems worried about uh, the Knicks, uh-huh. and he should be, and I am as well, and I know you are. And at yes. Nauseam, we've spoken, in, you know, over the years about, you know, our fears about this uh-huh. team. Um, the only good thing that I can say right now is, is, is it looks like stability is coming. Yeah. So with that, you know, you know, I can deal with the change, you know, and, 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 and again, to hear that Woody's going to be part of this staff, I'm, I'm excited about that. And to hear Mike Miller's going to keep his job, I'm really excited about that. Because I think that he'll be the bridge and the conduit to talk to these young players. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the one that be like, you know, let me, you know, hey, Tom, I got it. I dealt with him in Westchester. I dealt with him. You know what I mean? That's yeah. why I wish Alonzo Trier would have stayed. Yeah. I think he would have benefited from Tiz, but then again, I don't know, man. Maybe he's one of those those, those younger the younger generation that don't like being yelled at, that don't like being coached up too hard or too tough. It's, this is, I think that, it's the, it's going to be the coaching staff, Larry, th- that is really going to be the backbone of this team. I think Tom Thibodeau is really going to be the face. I think it's going to be the the coaching staff is going to be vital because you have Woody on defense, Mike Miller to deal with the kids, and then you know Thibodeau's going to round it out and be the culture. But we ain't got to pay Chris Paul no damn eighty million dollars for no culture. I told you before, Chris. Hey, Tony Roberts got the church down here in Houston. I could call him if we need some damn pep talks and culture. We ain't got. We shouldn't have to pay for that, Larry. I don't want to pay for that. I know. <laughs> oh, Larry, good Lord. Why are me and you the only ones that don't want Chris? And, and the thing about it is I love Chris Paul. Ditto. I mean, he's Ditto. Why is the New York Knicks the remix team? We got Everybody got to come here and get their last check. Everybody yeah. come here and get their swan song on their way out the door. True. Nah, man, we're trying to build something here. We can't keep doing that. This is not bad boy entertainment. This is the New York Knicks. <laughs> You want a remix? Go to Bad Boy. Go see don't oh, want no remix here. We always bring back all these old players. Well, who are they going to bring back next, Larry? Who are they going to gonna, bring back? Gerald Wilkins coming for 10 no, no, days? No, no, no. Who's well, coming? listen.
1: Listen. If, if you're bringing back a CP3, and of course, Slim Mello is rumored, you might as well get Dwayne Wade so we can have this. this, well, this, this <laughs> the, the Banana Boat Crew well. come on back.
5: <laughs> man, why, why not? Why not go get Armin Gilliam? Why not go <laughs> get... Come on, man. Go get Ken the Animal Band of the Come on, I know, Larry. What are I we, know what you're saying. Man, what are we talking about? It's um, scary. Larry, it's it is scary. scary. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I know but you are. Friday, but until Friday, I'm going to be
0: all right. I can talk to you again. All right, my friend. We'll talk then. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Charlie's in Woodside. Hey, Charlie, you're next on
3: 98.7.
6: Hey, how you doing?
1: All right, Charlie, what's going on?
6: Oh, sorry about it. Sorry about uh, I was putting on speakerphone. Guess I was watching that post game for the
1: Yanks. I right, know. Uh, Take that off the speakerphone. You know better.
6: Oh, yeah. Sorry about it. I don't know how i Well, um... Uh well
2: little, little
6: recap today's game. Um uh, um home run derby in and Camden Yards,
1: which so what else uh, is new when the Yankees going there?
6: It's almost like a home back yard. Seems like they haven't l I mean I mean they brought ahead in Camden Yards in Yankee Stadium. But there's like a couple of concerns in the hitters but I think there will be a right. And Cole, I think is a lot better started than last start, um, uh, mm-hmm. the previous start where he got in the groove I don't count the last like three batters because I think he should have been taken out. Right. I think fatigue, but Cole. I mean, we got to win when Cole starts, mm-hmm. and, and certainly, certainly the Yankees have a lot of firepower. They can any these lineups can can strike any time from anywhere. So even with without Tor, not today's not Torres. Maybe it's mm-hmm. Judge Tiggs, whatever. But, it's a deep
1: lineup. There's no question yep, about it.
6: Certainly, certainly it is, and but. Larry, yes. the problem I'm calling you today is these cheating Houston Astros. They deserve every bean balls they hit out, them. they deserve it. And the fact that Joe Kelly gets suspended is an absolute show. Maybe two games, but my goodness, eight, it was eight games? They got? Eight games, yep. I mean, It was ridiculous. And the fact that Rob Manfred, this clown, has the gall to try to like protect those cheaters is an absolute embarrassment. It's an absolute joke. And you know what, Larry? I still want his damn resignation by tomorrow. I want. I want him gone. <laughs> Sorry, right you won't now. get it. <laughs> I have to, even, even if I have to go to Park Avenue outside the MLB headquarters to protest to get his butts out of, of commissioner. Because you know what? There is no future with Major League Baseball with that clown sitting as a commissioner. It's an, it's an awful, awful, awful. And Larry, it's better late than never, better late than never to strip that the cheating Astros title away because the only leverage, that's the only leverage to have because, and if they take that out, well, I think people will shut up. i do too. I want that. I still want that title up. And I want his, if I have to, you know, if I, you know, assume, take command as a commissioner of baseball, the first thing I would do is,
1: what's my first thing I'll do,
6: Larry, if I become a commissioner of baseball?
1: First thing you would do, Charlie, is very simple, and thanks for the phone call. The first thing you would do is uh, say hello to the owners who who you work for (laughs) and try try to make some changes that you think you can get done with the owner's help. Remember, the commissioner works for the owners. And you'll be sitting outside Park at Baseball's offices on Park Avenue a long time. Rob Manfred's not going anywhere. But Rich Coutinho's here. Rich Gatino live from City Field. He's our Met guy and um, also writes for New York Extra. Hey, Rich, how are
3: you? Good. You know, when I heard about this eight-game suspension tonight, I harkened back to 20 years ago when... Piazza got hit in the head with a ball, if I remember, and then a bat was thrown at him in the World Series, and there was never any kind of suspension for Roger Clemens was there? Nope. Yeah, so I, I think I think Manfred did the right thing today, but I'm wondering what uh, the Major League Baseball office was was looking at 20 years ago.
1: Yeah, well, I'm he. I understand why he did it, Rich. I, I we could battle with the numbers and whatnot, but I'm I'm just tired of the culture of that throwing at guys. You know, I'm I'm just done with that. I'm I'm over it. I'm over it. I know. I know. Really, it's time Absolutely. to move on from that. I am. Rich, this was um, this was a tough loss for the Mets tonight. I mean, they have done well. Listen, they they the offense is starting to come around, so that's the good thing that you're seeing from this club. And yes, I understand that the Red Sox have one of the worst <laughs> pitching pitching staffs in Major League Baseball right now. Uh, but still, you have to be able to execute, and the Mets did so. They just came up one run short tonight.
3: They did, and you know the bullpen didn't do their job tonight for the second time in the first week of the season. And when you look at the Mets, they're 3-3, three and, three and and really they should be 5-1 because you know, we all know the Diaz blew the save on that Saturday uh, night game here against the Braves. And then tonight, really pretty much everyone aside from Batances that came out of that bullpen didn't perform tonight. And uh, that's something that has to be rectified. And poor Jacob DeGrom, you know, <laughs> when you look at – the Mets' record on when he pitches—it's—it's it's amazing that he has won back-to-back Cy Young awards. What now—the lack of run support, but the lack of bullpen support he's gotten. But you know, the professional that he is in the post game, he always says the right thing.
1: Yeah, he does. There's no question about it. Uh, if you're Luis Rojas, Rich, what do you—is it too early to make adjustments to your bullpen? I mean, you know, it's early in the season. Uh, I understand the sixty games in sixty-seven days. I know it's not, it's a sprint, not a marathon. I know all the cliches, but really, you don't want to overreact because you don't want to strip the the the, the confidence that you have with your guys in the bullpen. Having said that, I mean, you know, it's kind of surprised. Seth Lugo one bad pitch, and he's been really so consistent over the past couple of years.
3: Yeah, I don't think he could take too much of the Lugo performance tonight. Justin Wilson, I think, was gassed. He's he's pitched a lot in the early going. And I, and I think that Batansis hasn't been used enough. I mean, Dylan Batances is a guy that made an all-star team a couple of years as a setup guy. Get him in that eighth-inning role and leave him there and make that seventh-inning role a, pretty much a combination of maybe Wilson and Familia. And then you could battle between Lou and Diaz on who you want to close. That's the way I would go with the bullpen. And I think that, you know, Luis is he, – he, he always says he has a lot of depth out there. But his definition of depth and my definition of depth are not the same thing. (laughs) Depth means you have to have pitchers that can come in and get the job done. And right now they have more pitchers out there that haven't gotten the job done than have. But the ones that have, Lugo, aside from tonight, and Batances, and even to a certain extent familiar, even though he had kind of a rough go in Boston, but his other two appearances have been very good, including tonight. I would sort of lean towards them a little. It's a short season. It's not 162 games, you can't wait for guys to find themselves, and I think that you have to go with the hot hand and the bullpen, and right now, the hot hands, to me, are Dylan Batances, and to a certain extent, Jarese Familia, mm. and I think that, you know, to me, those are the guys that, you know, you have to kind of lean towards. Right now, Lugo as well, you know, I'm going to kind of forget about tonight, but Diaz we've only seen him twice, and there's been one really good performance, one really bad one, and you have to see where that consistency lies but in in lui's post game, you could see he's concerned about the bullpen, mm-hmm. he says the right things that he has a lot of confidence in them, but when you're a manager and you're going to the bullpen in the first week of the season and you lost two games that the bullpen should have locked up that's a problem you have to address
1: mitzcatino. My guest, you're listening to ESPN New York tonight on 987 ESPN. Rich Andres Jimenez, tell me about him. He had a big hit tonight. I thought he was going to get the Gromma win.
3: You know, when Mets fans complain about the Canoe trade and that Kellenic went in that trade, I don't think they realize that the top prospect the Mets had at the time of that trade, other than Pete Alonso, who wasn't a major league player yet but certainly was a top prospect, was Andres Jimenez. Jimenez is the whole package. He, he can run, he can field, he can hit. Not that much of a power hitter, but he's an extra base hit guy. And he's worked so hard on his hitting the last 24 months in this med organization, and Luis Rojas has seen that. And I think what we saw today is an example of what he can do. He can come in, he can defensively position very well, whether it's short, second, or third. He can run the base as well, and he's got some pop in his bat. And we saw it tonight on the Bowling hill for Bradley's head. That's a that's a poke for a triple, and it gave gave the Mets a short lived lead. But I think one of the things that he, he that's the reason he's on this roster because when the Mets are fading with certain offense from certain positions or defense from certain positions, he's going to be the guy to come in. Now, the whole defensive thing at the end of the game is kind of thrown into a loop because Mariznick's on the IL now, and yeah. he was a big part of that defensive, but. Jimenez will continue to be a defensive guy that comes in late in the game. But I think the more he shows as an everyday player, the more he's going to push Luis Rojas to put him in the lineup more often. And we'll see where that all goes. But I have a tremendous amount of respect for the ability Andres Jimenez has. And to me, he's one of the top prospects in the game. And when fans complain about the Cano trade, I'll say this. Just be glad they didn't trade Jimenez instead of Kellenick, Kal- because let's let's at the end of their careers let's let's do it fifteen twenty years from now when we're in like a wheelchair or something, Larry. You and I can kind of compare Kellenick's career and Jimenez's career. I think it a very very interesting comparison.
1: Two quick ones, Rich, before I let you go. Um, this is a big start for Stephen Match tomorrow night. Like to see him build on what he did in his last start had a couple of shaky spots but you know if he could build on what he did his last start rich I think we could get on the road where you could start to see where he could gain in confidence and and get rid of that one bad inning thing that he goes through
3: so true Larry I couldn't agree with you more and tomorrow's important too because this was a pretty dramatic loss for the Mets and when they had Syndergaard in the rotation you always felt after DeGrom had a day like this Syndergaard would come in and you know, give him a performance that'll lead them to a W. There's no Noah Syndergaard. There's no Marcus Stroman in this rotation. The most experienced guy they have in the rotation right now is, other than DeGromis, Stephen Matz, He has to be the guy that stops this bad feeling, much of the way Michael Walker did the first game at Fenway Park. And I think the more Matz can do that, the more he'll establish himself as a number two star on this team. And I said it to you before the season, Sometimes you just get a hunch about a player. I have a hunch that Steven Matz is going to have a big season. I think he's rediscovered his 12-6 curveball. I think he's got more mound presence. He seems confident. And tomorrow's going to be interesting. He's going up against a tough lineup, but a lot of good right-handed bats. He's you know pitching the night after the Mets have a dramatic kind of earth-shaking loss. And he has a chance to right the ship. And if he does... He may be pulling himself to that season. That I think he's about to have in 2020.
1: Rich, as you're around the club and talking to them, you know, via Zoom. <laughs> yes. What is the feeling of this club in seeing what's happening with the Marlins? How concerned are they? What What's the What are they saying about uh, you know baseball in this COVID nineteen era?
3: I think they're concerned. Um, I think they're concerned about their fellow players, even though they're on another team. I think they're also concerned of what's going to happen when the Marlins come in here in a few weeks. Mm -hmm. What are they going to bring with them? Not only what players are going to bring with them, but what positive tests are they going to bring with them? And I think it's something that Major League Baseball has to have a firmer hold on. And, you know, the bottom line is, we know very little about this disease. We seem to learn more about it every day. But one thing that I'm sure of is it could be, transmitted in ways we don't even know. And I think that, you know, that's what's scary about this thing, that players come in from other cities. We don't know where, where the Marlins got it. I know they played an exhibition game against the Braves. I know Freddie Freeman had it, and then he was playing in that exhibition game. Who knows? I'm not saying Freddie Freeman was the guy that put the put the disease in the Marlin clubhouse, but it came from somewhere and I think the fact you don't know where it comes from is the more frightening thing for players. And I think, I got to be honest with you, Larry, I think they're the most comfortable when they're on the field. Yeah, they're not comfortable talking about it. They're not comfortable worrying about it. That three-hour time when they're on the field, I think they they meet that with open arms, so to speak, because it's a place where they don't have to worry about the COVID. They don't worry about hitting a fastball and beating out a base hit. And I cool. think that, Baseball players, I've been around my whole life, and I can tell you that no matter what's happening in their lives, personally or professionally, when they take the field, it's a different mindset than when they're not on the field. And I think that's the only way you can battle through this because one of the things that I, I'm firm believer in COVID is, and you know I lost my dad to COVID, yeah. there's not much... I don't worry about the things in life I can't control, and I can't control the spread of the disease. What I can control is social distancing myself, wearing a mask, as I'm doing right now, talking to you on the phone, and caring about others and myself at the same time. And I think that's what players have to do. And I think the MET players have it good because I think the MET organization has done even more than what the protocol has to do. Mets have done a great job on it. I've been very impressed how Brody Van Wagen and, and Jeff Wilpon have set up everything here, not only for the safety of the players, but the safety of us as well. And I'll give you one quick example, Larry. When we come to the ballpark, we're given a magnet. And if we have to use the men's room, we have to put a magnet on the outside of the door because they only want one person in the bathroom at at, at a time. Mm-hmm. That's how much the Mets have given thought to this and I think the men organization has done a great job with the whole COVID thing, Larry. And you know, I think players worry about it and they should worry about it. But I think that, you know, they are most comfortable when they're on the field playing baseball.
1: It's a distraction for them as well as us. Ritz Catino, thanks for the great work as always, and we'll read and see what you got cooking in the New York Extra as well. Thanks, my friend. We'll talk soon.
0: You got it, Larry. Take care. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.